Hey guys, happy new year. So welcome back. This is episode 45 of the podcast and it's with Frida Strachan. She's a self-taught weaver based in Aberdeen. It's a really cool chat catching up with Frida. Um, she was briefly on the Christmas at the Anatomy Rooms episode um, last year. It's a brief chat um, that we did last year so it was really cool to expand on that a bit further. So we kind of covered a lot of kind of um, topics during our chat. I hope you guys enjoy it. And I'll be back as usual at the end. So yeah, enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Create Me podcast. This is going to be episode 45 and it's the first episode of the new year. Um, yeah, today's guest, I think it's really cool to kind of have her on because I briefly spoke to her during the Christmas special. Um, her name is Frida Strachan and she is a self-taught weaver. We've had a little bit of back and forth discussion about <laughs> what to call yourself and stuff. But um, yeah, like as I said, um, Frida, you was on the Christmas special when we did the event Christmas at the Anatomy Rooms and stuff. It was really mm-hmm. kind of cool to go. I think that was like... That was like the second time I met you because we did the Etsy thing together as oh, well. Oh, that's right. And that was really cool. That was a very kind of interesting, busy, in a good way that weekend mm-hmm. as well. And I'm guessing that you've done a few of those Etsy things as well. Well, that was only the second one I'd done. Yeah. I went to the Look Again one in the summer, but I was only there for one day. Oh, okay. Um, so it was the first time I was there prepared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it felt like... Yeah, it's mad though. I thought, I thought I'd be like really prepared for that. And then I realised that with this last little minute, bits and pieces you have to go and sort out and yeah. do. But in the end, it turned out all well for everyone. I think everyone did really well. Yeah, it was it's, crazy. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously Christmas at the Natter Rooms, that was really good as well. Thank mm-hmm. you. Actually, thanks again for being a part of that. Well, but, yeah. thanks for inviting me. I yeah. felt so special. <laughs> <laughs> I was like part of that. I think it's yeah. no, I think it's cool. I think I remember Joe kind of saying to me, "Oh, like Frida, and she does this thing." I think, and I, and I know I followed you already. I was like, "Oh, because you got like two different kind of kind <laughs> yeah. of accounts." I think, "Oh, the that's real her. yeah, yeah." <laughs> oh no, I was just kind of like you know thinking. Um, actually, no, before we even get to it, how was your Christmas and stuff and New Year? Oh, it was so nice. Yeah, it was the first time I spent it with my boyfriend's family. Okay. So the first time. I wasn't eating my mum's Christmas dinner, and oh, it was right. fine. Yeah. It was really good. <laughs> Quiet. Yeah, these, like, expectations and... <laughs> of how it would be like, yeah. Well, because it's the first time I've had, like, vegetarian Christmas as well. Oh, okay. And they tried really hard to impress me. Oh, so aye, aye. Really good. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> and the new year, was that like a nice little chilled out, or did you go out and venture out there? No, like, I don't drink. Okay. So... I hate, and I also hate the pressure to have fun at New Year. Yeah. So me and Doug, we walked out to Hackley Bay. Okay. So in the nature reserve, and we watched the fireworks from Aberdeen, Newbridge, wow. and Bridge of Dawn. And while we were watching them, a huge shooting star went by in the wow. sky, and I was like, oh, "That's amazing! This is so romantic." Yeah. <laughs> so it was amazing. That's awesome. That sounds mm-hmm. really good. How was yours? It was good. We was down the road and like. I said she off like like um kind of caught like a cold from um a very a toddler family member who was, <laughs> was playing house and we all had to f- um, feed from the same spoon. So yeah, lesson learned. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think no, it was, it was all good. And I guess like for me, obviously I got a little one coming on board in March, so mm-hmm. just getting came back up and started to kind of decorate the spare room, getting the nursery ready. 
I'm never going to be really prepared, I know that. So, you know. It'll be like the preparation of Etsy times. Yeah, times that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think, because um, I do follow you like, on social media, but what I'm very interested in is just like, you know, a bit of like, you know, um, not to go in like a full length life story, but a bit of like, um, like your beginnings and stuff, like what was your creative influences growing up and actually you got a bit of a twang in your accent. I remember last episode you said, yeah, <laughs> that you're not like from Abbey City, you're from like outside, like a town outside of Fraserburgh. Yeah. yeah. So I'm from Inverallahi, which is a tiny little fishing village that um, is also known as Cotton, often mistaken for Bulgar or Kerenbulg, but that's actually the opposite side of the road where okay. they meet. <laughs> but I was like, getting really stressed about coming and chatting to you and like mm. trying to think like how creative am I and how right. did it start and it kind of did start there because um like I was brought up in a house with uh, this before uh, we started recording yeah. you asked like is there anything I can't ask yeah. and nothing like, everybody knows everything yeah so I was brought up in a household my two older brothers were heroin addicts mm-hmm. um and it was actually fine. Yeah. And I feel like part of the reason I feel like I had such an incredible upbringing was mm. because part of my mum's while uh, helping us deal with it, kind of shield us from it, was to do creative things with us. Okay. We'd like go to the beach and collect shells mm. and like goshies, which mm. is like what I call, it's like bits of sea glass. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Goshies, yeah. obviously. <laughs> um, and like would decorate plant pots mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff that I didn't think I really realised got me into, like, making things and finding everyday materials and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, humble yeah. beginnings in Inverallahi. Okay. <laughs> so you mentioned that your brothers were, like, um, at heroin addicts and stuff, mm-hmm. and what's, what's the situation like now? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. one of my brothers passed away when okay. I was 15. Okay. Um, but my other brother is annoyingly, in a way, the golden boy now. <laughs> uh, he has got a wife and kids. Yeah. He's doing amazing. Okay. Like, I, I can't say enough yeah. good things about him. It's amazing. Okay. Really. But, yeah. yeah. So, I, I guess, kind of like, kind of reflecting back to you, it's just like, that kind of, your mum shielding you intentionally and kind of the creative kind of outlet that she kind of provided for you? And is this you, is it like you and uh, how many more siblings? Uh, me and my sister. Okay, you and Christine. your sister, mm-hmm. Christine. And I guess like from that then, what else, what was the next kind of stage in terms of creativity for you growing up? I don't know, it's kind of odd because I feel like I was a really creative child. Like mm. I was always drawing, I loved, uh, do you remember Coral Draw on the PC? Vaguely, I was obsessed yeah, yeah, with that. Yeah. And you could like zoom in really far yeah. and just colour in yeah. tiny squares. <laughs> so um like all through academy I wanted to do art mm. and be an artist and I remember getting a hand me down artist smock. Okay. I think it was actually just like one of my mum's old shirts, but <laughs> she like hyped it up. Yeah. <laughs> um and then when I got to standard grade and it was time to choose my subjects, my dad kinda just like bulldozed over all these ideas I had about doing creative things yeah. and I ended up studying like sciences okay. with a view to studying environmental engineering I oh, think yeah. it was that's what I'd applied to yeah. 
Um, and I was allowed to do music because yeah. I'd been doing graded trumpet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Originally cornet. Aye. Aye. I also did bass. That's cooler. Oh, I yeah. should have said that. Yeah. Damn it. Um, and then I ended up, when my brother passed away, it kind of, my school just wasn't important. I failed a bunch of exams and I had to go back for sixth year. And that was the moment my dad was like, fine, you're not sciencey like me. Right. Um, my dad actually lives in Australia. Okay. He's a pharmacist. Right. And the time all that happened, I remember I phoned my mum mm. when I was in Australia to get yeah. my results. And actually was so happy yeah. because the subjects I'd passed were English and computing. I got okay. A for English. Yeah. And it was a thing that made my dad go, fine, go and study English. Right. And it was not the kind of creativity I yeah. wanted to do, but it was still like... An outlet then. Yeah. 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 So then I went to uni and did that. And then as soon as... While I was at uni, my relationship with my dad broke down. Mm. And so, kind of like a stick-it-to-the-man kind of thing. I moved to Glasgow almost immediately after I got my degree. Mm -hmm. And I studied photography and printmaking for a year. And it was amazing. And, yeah, that was probably the start of me actually being creative when I wasn't making So what year was this then, about so you in Glasgow? Uh, 2009 to 2010. It yeah. was just a year. It feels like I was there for much longer because right. it was honestly like the coolest, happiest time. Mm-hmm. I just always feel like, oh, Glasgow's the place that yeah. I like grew up. But really, it was like London and Aberdeen. Oh, okay. So, right. but I, I just, I've only good things to say about Glasgow because that year where I did that was so good in so many ways. I think it's coming. Now, a bit better with your dad? Uh, no, okay. we don't talk at right. all. Is that because of the choices you kind of made with studying or kind of life kind of stuff a bit? Uh, I don't know. I think... Um, so, I ha- I, have, I have a whole other family in Australia. Yeah. And I was always like the... Well, he would call me the black sheep, but in a complimentary way. Okay. I kind of liked. Yeah. Which also was probably the thing that, like makes me feel like, oh, I am who I am. I'll just tell you everything. Um, And it just got to a point where as I got older and more self-aware and aware of the situation, we just stopped seeing eye to eye. And I'm more like my Mm mum than I am like my dad. And it just, we're just not the same. And it it feels fine. Like, I've got a relationship with a lot of my brothers. Well, some of my brothers and sisters over there. Yeah. And that's the bit I'm like, well, yeah. I can live without my dad. Right. Uh, I've got other people that yeah. want to okay. be part of my life. And so was it Glasgow, then London? Um, yes, with a little bit of Aberdeen in between. Oh, okay, so, so you kind of like move back your stuff from <laughs> Glasgow, like leave out your mum's and then kind of yeah. like offloaded and then go down to London. Big Frida's dealt with me going, oh, uh, I'm moving back in for a few months. Many, many times. Oh, okay. So I moved home after, I was living in Aberdeen, moved home to Fraserburgh, moved down to Glasgow, moved back to Fraserburgh, moved to London, 
moved to Fraserburgh, helped me, my mum moved to Balmedy, yeah. moved back to London, and now <laughs> I'm back in Aberdeen. <laughs> so, so. so how, like, in between that, how long roughly was you about in London for? Uh, six years? Okay. Right. Or five? Wait, I don't right. know. Right. I feel like it's six years, but then I feel like I was in Glasgow for six, and okay. it was one. <laughs> right. I don't know. So what part, what part of London so. was you staying in? Uh, originally, I lived in Manor House, yeah. and I moved down the weekend of the London riots. Oh, 2011 this is then. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I lived with... <laughs> so, I went to visit my sister who was living in Greenwich, right. and uh, met a boy the night before I left, mm. and then I moved down, like, so fast, <laughs> and pretty much moved in with him. He lived above a jeweller's, right. and I, I remember, like... Uh, just looking out the window and everybody looting the jewellers and being like, yeah. no way, London's crazy, yeah. this is amazing. So I lived in North London for a while, in Green Lanes, okay. which was heaven. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then I moved to, well, I lived in Greenwich with my sister for mm. a little, little while, yeah. but pretty much was living mm. in Manor House. And then I moved to London Fields. Then I came back to Aberdeen, and when I moved down, I lived in Crystal Palace for a little while. My neck of the woods. Dal- oh, really? Absolutely my neck of the woods, yeah. Oh, I loved it. Really yeah. stinks a weed. <laughs> 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 yeah. That was nice, though. Yeah. I lived in, like, a huge high-rise. Aye. And it was just... I remember when I moved back, and I was like, yeah, this is where I belong. And Aye. then I moved back to Aberdeen a year later. <laughs> But I, I, the last place I lived was Dalston. Aye. So what did you do in London between the times you were moving around and stuff? <laughs> what, what was I doing? I don't Aye. know. I moved down and I worked at HMV yeah. 12 hours a week. Okay. And I, li- I lived on like half a kebab a day. Right. And I just feel like I was perpetually wasted. Yeah. Like going to Camden, breaking into places, stealing mm. food. The, the boy I moved down for was... A very bad boy. He wasn't, um, it wasn't a good influence. Really. <laughs> uh, but you live and you learn. <laughs> uh, and then um, I got a job at Tate. So I worked well, at the Tate. Tate Britain or the modern? Well, I was in the fundraising team, so okay. it covered Above, all the Tates, right, yeah. but we were based at Tate Britain. Okay. Um, and I worked there for two years. And uh, it was amazing. And then it kind of felt like everybody else in the team was getting promoted and things, and I wasn't. Aye. And I was like, I'm sick of this, I Aye. need to go. And did what I just did, that I was telling you about, yeah. quit my job, and I went to America with my last wage for a while. Aye. And on my own, and just kind of winged it. Okay, where about in America was you kicking about then? Where? Uh, New York, San Francisco, and LA. Aye. And thank God for Instagram. I just like messaged strangers and asked them to hang out, and right. now we're friends for life. Okay, so. All right. So what? So, so that's really interesting. So what kind of year period is that then? You was in America. Uh, I wasn't. I was just there until my money ran out. Oh, okay, so you kind of went on like a kind of big long kind of like holiday. No, kind of... it was supposed to be three months. Yeah. It wasn't that long. Right. Um, but it was May twenty fourteen. Okay. I like found all these photos for that time. <laughs> on my phone the other day and was like wow you've had a cool life yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. um, 
So yeah, then I ended back in Aberdeen. So is that when the money ran out and you was like, yeah. oh, I need to go back home now? Hi, Big Frida. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so this is like 2014-15 you came back mm-hmm. like, to Aberdeen, so your mum's yeah. in Balmedy. Yep. And so how did that kind of transition from the kind of interest in textiles come about then? Uh, that didn't happen until more recently. Okay. <clears throat> um, I kind of... I think I had seen something at the Tate. So when I moved back here, I was working for Aberdeen Uni and was deeply unhappy because yeah. I felt like all my friends, all my friends in London are super creative. Mm-hmm. And I'm the oddball that's just like like a hanger on. Like, you're so cool. Like, I'm so impressed by everything you do. Um, and it was, it was cool because we'd all go to Tate or go to galleries. And I think I'd just seen some sort of textile thing at the Tate and when I moved back to Aberdeen um, like I don't know where it came from I just googled like weaving okay. and just taught myself alright um, yeah it stemmed from nothing but unemployment and yeah. boredom okay. really. right. and uh, like I came back to study ugh Talking to you about my life just makes me feel like I just make decisions that are so dumb and kind of work out. But I'd uh, moved to London, was working in fundraising, worked for a tech company, met amazing people at tech yeah. company, but it was just like they were throwing money at me to do nothing and it okay. didn't feel very good. Um, and I moved back to study journalism and absolutely hated it. It was a postgrad, so it was only for a year, and after three months, I was like, this is honestly the worst decision I've made. Yeah. And so then I was just unemployed and just Googled it and like got a frame off the wall, cut some notches in it and just started doing it. Okay. It's super embarrassing to look back on the things I made the first time I tried. Really? Um, but... Yeah, it's. I, I guess it's like anything you do is a process. Cause I was actually thinking about this so um, over Christmas bit. You know, you go back. I was listening. There's like a year doing this, like the podcast. I'm thinking like, oh my god, the sound on this episode. I won't say the episode. <laughs> like, if there was some kind of training, like, and if someone was taught me, I'm sure this would be much better and stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah. so I think like any kind of task or something or challenge you set yourself to do, it's definitely a learning process. Yeah, and it's never gonna be like boom, like, you know, like, straight away, oh, this is amazing and stuff, you know. That's how I feel about my whole life. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just make decisions and go, oh, well, I'm learning. I'm in my 30s now, I'm still learning. <laughs> like, it was less about, like, I want to get really good at this mm. and more about, um, like, I've gone through, like, some pretty t- terrible times mm-hmm. and I know myself well enough to know that if I keep a handle on things I'll just fall into depression Yeah. so it was, the reason I looked up was because I thought well it's either sitting at home getting depressed mm-hmm. and then I'll never find a job or yeah. I can just do something so I feel like I'm doing something yeah. and it, it makes me feel good mm-hmm. and I can see what I've achieved at the end of it and it's like I've tried embroidery, I've done screen printing, I did photography, um, and it's the one thing that's stuck. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I don't think that necessarily means I'm good, it's just the actual process 
weaving mm-hmm. and tying knots feels good. So even like, you know, um, speaking to Rachel Robertson, she was the last episode of last year, mm-hmm. kind of spoke about the kind of process that she went through like with like mental health and stuff and actually the process of creating bags was almost like that kind of therapeutic kind of feeling. Yeah. And I think the way you describe it is just kind of like the process using your hands and that. And I guess, is it kind of like that old, like, not like escapism, but a really kind of good kind of distraction? Yeah. For you thinking that when you're creating, yeah. you can get lost in it maybe? Yeah. Well, I was listening to her talk about it as well. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's, it must be a common theme. Mm-hmm. in Because it, I do think that, I've seen, I'm a feminist and I know that like there's this whole thing about how crafting like fibre art basically is looked upon as like it's not really art because it's a women's thing but actually like I like that about it, I like that it feels, or something about it just feels like um, I can't explain, it makes me feel better about my place in the world, doing a really traditional... I can't explain. It, it... But, like, I totally agreed with what she said, like, working with your hands yeah. does feel like a typo therapy. Yeah. Is it almost kind of like, I guess, quite wrong, but almost kind of like having a bit of control over something as well? Yeah, I don't well, know. Like, that's yeah. exactly what it is, because... Yeah. I reach a point in myself mm-hmm. sometimes where I'd go like, oh, I'm really near coping. Mm-hmm. And I can warn people it's coming and I can see it happening. And it just feels out of control anyway. Yeah. Um, but it like uh, yesterday I was beginning to feel a bit down because yeah. I'm in between jobs. Sorry. And I've no start date, it's getting a bit stressful, yeah. spent a lot of money at Christmas. <laughs> and I just sat down and started weaving, and within like half an hour, half finished what I was working towards, and it was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Feel pretty good now. Yeah, and you yeah. kind of forget there's all these other things to stress about. Yeah, yeah. Just reminded myself, but generally, <laughs> so I'll go home and weave, it's fine. <laughs> like, that's how it feels. Aye. Um, I've just realised this whole time I've been like, looking longingly at the thing I made but it does like yeah. look at it I do feel like oh it was so ni- it was really nice making no that's that. really nice and I say for people obviously like I'll put a picture of this on Instagram but it's like you said it's like the first foot in and I think that's <laughs> like you know you're coming in like the new year and you gave me a gift so it's a really cool piece that I could put up in my studio actually it's really nice I really like it thank you, you know, <laughs> you're welcome. Like, yeah. I feel like that was just a hint to be like mention the gift <laughs> But no, like, because if you look, mm-hmm. it look. I think it looks more than it actually is. It's the same knot. Yeah, but yeah. So but repeating you, that same yeah. knot to create just that. I just think that's. But you can amazing. see also, like, there's time and effort has gone into that, mm-hmm. you know, and that and that's your work. And I think like, whenever like somebody you're producing something, and it's like a creative process. It's like I know, like you, you did say off mic, it's like, oh, I've got that like imposter kind of syndrome. That, but I think like that's not an imposter piece of work, you know. It's like no one could easily like an imposter figure somebody kind of mimicking something and saying, oh, here you go. But mm-hmm. that looks really cool and stuff. And I think, oh, do, you, do you find it difficult to kind of take ownership of when people are saying, I really love what you're doing and stuff? And I guess in that like. For example, like the Etsy stuff, like, um, people must be coming up to you and saying, oh, I really like this and stuff, and how do you manage that? <laughs> well, Etsy was bizarre, Aye. because 
the first one I did, I did the Friday. Yeah. And uh, you met Leonie Art Rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she was working quite far from me the first time, and I was so nervous. Okay. I couldn't look up. I was shaking. Yeah. I'm getting a shaky jaw sitting here because I'm nervous. <laughs> but, like, it was so, 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 so stressful. And while my friend Laurie was there, a woman came and she was like, oh, I want this and a plant hanger for yeah. my house in Spain or something. Mm-hmm. And I honestly was just like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> Why do you want these things? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. He's like talking about it. To be sure. Yeah. And then, like, Leone came out and she was like, oh, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. And, well, they just had so many people came yeah. along and they were so welcoming and, oh, it was so so nice yeah. because it's just been it had just been me in my bedroom mm-hmm. doing it yeah. so I didn't get depressed for right. quite a while okay. and then for somebody to say it was worth anything felt amazing and then mm-hmm. this last time at Etsy I began getting stressed about coming here because I was like I've nothing to show <laughs> like everybody's bought it and yeah. I thought it was worthless and I would just be having a fine time going to Liberty Kitchen for a coffee for three days. <laughs> and it was so much mere. Mm. It was the first time I'd really felt um, like I was part of the scene. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The scene. That scene the, that they speak of. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just something that I think, like, you know, I always kind of say, like, I talk about Abby's kind of creative community, and there definitely is. You can, you, you know, there is, and like, you go to these kind of openings and stuff, like Etsy, Christmas at the Night Rooms, all the other things that are kind of going on. You definitely know there's a community, even more so mm-hmm. on like Instagram, seems to be the big part of it where everyone kind of knows each other and mm-hmm. people are supporting each other, and that's really cool. Yeah. And like, you know, and it's good that you say, oh, I kind of see actually. That kind of experience recently gave you that kind of validation in your mind that, oh, I'm a part of this kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Even that you probably wasn't always a part of it. But then, well. <laughs> then, you know, until, until you actually engage with it and then you meet the customers, you meet the other people that follow you and stuff and they come up mm-hmm. to you and say nice things. Because I guess for what you do is a very kind of solitary process. Mm-hmm. So then, like, you can come in, dip in and come to the city and see, okay, oh, someone says, oh, yeah, you, that person. And, you know, like, it sounds really kind of cool that, like, it's almost like you got that validation, but yeah. you wasn't looking for it, but it was nice to actually get that, you know? The, my favourite thing about Etsy, mm. and I felt it even more because yeah. um, I was beside Leone, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, it's just her personality. Yeah. It just makes you feel like you're the best person in the universe yeah. when actually she is. <laughs> but, like, the weekend before, or a couple of weekends before, me and Laurie who is the recursive girl, check okay. her out on Instagram. Um, she's an embroiderer, so yeah. similar process. Like, somebody asked her why she's mm. called that, and she was like, oh, it's the repetitive yeah. nature of it, which is what I like about weaving. Mm-hmm. And we got a joint stall in Glasgow, and we did not do very well, in yeah. all honesty. <laughs> and it was freezing. Yeah. Oh, was um, outside? Yes. I remember seeing that on your Instagram story, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was really fun. Yeah. But it was fun because I was there with my friends. Yeah. Kirsty as well. Mm-hmm. So fancy. <laughs> Shout out to so fancy. <laughs> but um, the best thing about it was if I felt like somebody came over and went, I love this, and I'd go, oh, cheers. Yeah. She'd step in and be like, isn't she amazing? All and right. tell them all yeah. these facts. And if somebody came to buy her yeah. stuff, like, you just want to 
say good things because yeah. all the good things are true and it says like that and anatomy rooms definitely feel yeah. like that as well like you're you don't just become part of the community and people know you like people want to support you and want to yeah. speak about you because yeah. it's the so, thing I, I kind of thought it. like you know like in compared to like I think London where I'm from and I don't know if you've noticed when you've been down there obviously the kind of like early experiences that you had mm-hmm. it's kind of like a doggy dog kind of yeah. environment and not you know people try to you know you probably support like your nerves and dares you can and stuff but in Aberdeen especially with the creative community it seems like you know everyone's just like picking each other up and supporting each other it's not like oh I'm not going to say that because that might take money away from yeah. me it's just like well no that's like that's like somebody I've got to know they're a good friend yeah check them out and stuff you yeah. know it's just like everyone can be successful Mm-hmm. without kind of like you know shitting on someone or kind of like you know stepping over someone to kind of get there yeah and that's what I kind of definitely noticed from the Etsy kind of stuff as well and also like you know comes out of that rooms and all you guys always like the stall holders there you're all kind of interacting with each other and like you know it's really cool to actually see you know mm-hmm. that it's, it's, it, it wasn't forced it wasn't fake it's was actually a natural genuine interest in like the fellow person next to you and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah yeah I just I just think it's great like mm-hmm. The creative community I wasn't part of in London, but yeah. like associated with, mm-hmm. it was definitely like that. I have a friend, Maria, she's an illustrator, yeah. and she's super successful. And I'd have conversations with her for, mm-hmm. I could tell that she sometimes felt like a bit of an imposter. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine feeling like that when you're in London and you are actually successful, yeah. like the stress of that. Yeah. And coming back here and like being out in Colliston with Duke and being in Balmedy with my mom and I live with my sister, mm. poor sister. <laughs> um, but like it's that feeling of community yeah. and closeness and knowing everybody and feeling supported mm-hmm. that I've been looking for. Yeah. And sometimes I think I miss the life I had where I was a bit wilder and yeah. like going out all the time. Mm. But I really prefer staying at home and reading yeah. it just feels so I guess it's like was it like the, the having that stability and being back home and having that sense that you belonging mm-hmm. is really kind of like important to you at the moment yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's like my goals have changed I feel like my goals have always been the same yeah. I've zero career goals mm-hmm. I just want to be happy yeah. but there's something about because I'm not even in my hometown. I'm still quite far from Inverallie, yeah. really. And I can't drive there. Yeah. But there's just something about... I don't know. It's like a cosy feeling. Mm-hmm. Being close to my family. Yeah. And it's the same type of feeling. Like being part of a creative community. Because mm-hmm. it's quite scary. Because you've got to validate yourself. You've yeah. got to create things. <laughs> you've got to be original. Yeah. It's like are these scary parts mm-hmm. or just being considered a, yeah. what am I, self-taught weaver? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many parts to being yeah. a self-taught weaver <laughs> that you've got to like reconcile within yourself before yeah. you feel like, yep, that's what I am. Yeah. And I still don't really feel those <laughs> things. But do you feel that there'll be a time when you actually can like, you know, you, 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 know, you create, you know, what you're doing and then actually you sit comfortably with that kind of title or what you're doing and not do you think you would ever not have an imposter syndrome I don't know oh. one day it, it's weird because like I joke with 
my mum and things that like I'm so full of myself mm-hmm. but it's actually I tell myself that so that one day I'll become it oh, okay because is there any a saying for you like to speak how you want things to yeah. be and that's how they'll be yeah. so if I just keep telling myself I'm an artist or I'm a self-taught weaver that's what I'll become yeah but really no if like my friends in London who I just think are incredible still can hear little bits of self-doubt about what they're doing then Nah, <laughs> I can't <laughs> see it happening for me. <laughs> One thing I definitely wanted to kind of ask was like, you know, when you kind of said like, you know, um, you start creating, like doing weaving, actually effectively as a way to kind of like help yourself with your like, battling depression. Mm-hmm. So how did that kind of transcend from creating for yourself and somebody saying, hey, I like, like what you're doing there. How much is that and stuff? Do you remember that kind of point where it came to be okay, I'm doing this, I'm really enjoying this, it's very kind of self-therapeutic for me, and then somebody messaging you and saying, oh, that's really good, um, can I buy that from you? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. And I remember working with Laura, who organises Etsy. Yeah. And her, like, inquiring, like, oh, do you still do that? Yeah. And having to make my weaving profile public. Mm-hmm. And then I turned up, for the Etsy thing, and she was like, where's your prices? And I, hit, I hadn't priced anything. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. What should they be? And she was like, uh, well, think about it, and then maybe put prices on stuff. Because yeah. just, it, it just didn't occur to me. I was just like marking things. Yeah. A lot of the time chucking them out because it looked like they had faces. Oh, yeah. And just like, or giving them to friends yeah. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, not, it still blows my mind that people would want to pay money for okay. them. Like you said before, like, you know, you don't really kind of, you never kind of like planned and sent to like career and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what you're doing now and, and creating, do you think you'd, at least you've done like printmaking and photography, would you like to go back to that kind of stuff and explore that down, down the line? Oh, definitely. Like, I just like, I have a box under my bed that's mm-hmm. full of like, I can like stuff for doing pottery. Yeah. Embroidery stuff screen print and stuff and yeah I would like to do all those things that's like the problem right. there's not enough hours in the day to okay. try everything out yeah but one day I don't know mm-hmm. I've, I've like one project I'm uh, quite passionate about yeah. that's not weaving okay. that I want to spend creating this year and it feels more artistic and more okay. meaningful is it like something that you can speak about on mic and can uh, yeah okay yeah Hi. okay uh so when uh, i was 20 on my 20th birthday i was sexually assaulted okay. um which is when depression normally hits yeah. and around my birthday last year i uh, oh, I, I wasn't really coping very well and then the Kavanaugh hearing started in America oh yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it like totally threw me mm-hmm. and I was so disappointed and angry because you feel like you're making progress and yeah. people take all this stuff on board and then they go oh yeah like that's pretty bad but let's just vote them in anyway yeah and I put a thing out on Instagram like asking for uh, people that have been assaulted mm-hmm. or have been in uncomfortable situations yeah. or whatever to like send me their stories and I wanted to create, like, I want to create a zine with mm. the stories, and yeah. they're all anonymous. Yeah. I think I got about 
60 people. Okay. Which was way more than I thought I would get. Yeah. Uh, not including my own stories. And uh, I've got like the ideas of like being transparent and open yeah. and maintaining anonymity. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how you say it? Yeah, I'll, I'll be talking about <laughs> that as well. An- anonymity. Yeah. Anonymity. Yeah. And uh, I got uh, given this like. Also, because I'm lazy, I want to use this tool, but I like the mechanism of it. It's right. not violent, obviously, yeah. because it's an embroidery tool. Okay. But instead of using a needle, it's just this, like, it's like a punch needle thing. Oh, okay. To, like, put you other points about how they feel towards the person that did what they did yeah. and how they feel now and how mm. they processed it and fit they want the world to talk with their individual experiences. So that's something I want to create. And again, I didn't think I'd have the confidence to... Well, this is the second time I've spoken to anybody about it, really. Yeah. I told my friend, Kirsty, what my plan was. Yeah. But I don't think I'd have the confidence to speak about it, do it, or potentially show it to people right. if I had not already been part of a supportive community. Yeah. But, like, for things like that, yeah, the physical people are amazing, but social media, oh, I love social media. Okay, right. Got friends for things like that, like mm-hmm. that people find difficult to address or speak about or speak up about. He in a place where you can just send somebody a little secret message, yeah. give you another side of the world. Mm-hmm. The amount of times that's happened over that experience in my life that was tragic and mm-hmm. horrible but can mean something to somebody that I've never met. Yeah, yeah. And that's also I'd like to highlight through the whole thing, because I don't know who these people are, yeah. but I can see the locations of Comfy, mm-hmm. like Australia, Argentina, like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and art does amazing for doing stuff like that. It does, I think absolutely. I think, obviously, you know, the idea and the concept of it is very important especially what's going on in the world at the moment. Mm. The whole whole Kavanaugh thing was just kind of like, my kind of view I took from it is obviously like white males in position of power more or less just saying, yeah, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do about it? You know, and it's it's actually kind of scary the kind of times that we're going through at the moment. And I think something like that, you know, if you're able to kind of create this zine and kind of pull it out there to people, it's definitely important to highlight, you know, people's stories, you Mm -hmm. know, and actually people feeling validated because I feel like the, the whole Kavanaugh yeah. kind of stuff was more or less that woman coming by her name she's just being discredited from the get go yeah you know and as a female it's kind of like you know like your story is not valid here but I was kind of think well if that's her truth and that's her personal truth mm-hmm. who am I to say oh no you're wrong yeah you know or like or to criticise or go through somebody's history and say well, well she did this back then so therefore she must be lying fit, fit, I hated about the whole thing yeah. was that like the reasons they were using for making his situation okay were the the exact same reasons they were using for making her words invalid. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, but we don't know that she's telling the truth. Oh, we don't know he did it, so it's fine. And, oh, it boils my blood. Like, truly, I I remember I was was getting tattooed Mm -hmm. when it was on the news. And I, like was so worked up mm. that once it was done I, I like had to stop and be like 
can I just nip to the bathroom and cry? Right. Don't worry, I love my tattoos. <laughs> like, the world is yeah, awful. Yeah, it's fucked at a moment. Yeah, yeah and... Yeah. Ugh. I'm very blessed to live in a place where I'm listened to yeah. and hate people around me that know what I've been through mm-hmm. and think about how they respond to it. And, ugh... I just wanted to hug that woman. Yeah. Christine Blasey Ford. I think, yeah, yeah, that was it, yeah. Like. That was her name. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of shockingly, and it's kind of scary, because, like, I think we had a discussion of family on Christmas, it's kind of like, you know, like, I, I don't agree with anything President Obama kind of did, like, American these kind of policies, but I think Obama is what America would have liked to be on the surface. Yeah. But Trump is what America is really is. Mm. You know, this lazy, fat, ignorant and stuff. Sorry for Americans that are listening. <laughs> That's our perception of America, not as the people, but as yeah. the kind of the infrastructure, I'm guessing. You know, like, it's just kind of like, yeah, that's what probably America really is. Mm-hmm. You know, no time for, like, anything that's different and stuff, you know. And it's just kind of like, yeah, it's scary. It's, it's scary, and I'm hoping that we do get to kind of better time. And, and like, even for you, you know, creating this zine, then... When would you kind of plan to have that finish? Is there a point this year? Would it be like? Yeah, let's see this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you kind of a long kind of thing. Like, Twenty nineteen. Yeah, I'll have it done. Awesome. Yeah, and then would that gonna be like limited? Kind of a few limited copies of that coming out. No, I would just make them as people wanted them. Okay. Yeah. I, it's not really like a um, plan. Plan. Yeah. I just want to share what people openly mm-hmm. shared with me. Yeah. And hopefully it would make people think. Like, I didn't care if it was just, like, my friends that mm-hmm. saw it. Like, if I hung these things in my flat and yeah. people were like, oh, that's sad. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I still think it would be worth it. Yeah. I know, definitely. I think, I think absolutely. I think the story, these story, people would have been through these horrific experiences they're brave enough to kind of share that you know mm-hmm. with the rest of the world you're actually saying well this is my this is what happened to me and like you're not alone yeah you know somebody like you say from Argentina to Australia can actually have that kind of connection mm-hmm. without even meeting each other but yeah. know that okay yeah like I know where that pain or where that sits with you and stuff yeah. you know so yeah I think you know I definitely like look forward to when that comes out and stuff, you know, yeah. it's, oh, I think it'll be really, I think it's really important. Keep your eyes peeled for yeah. the whole year. Yeah, the whole <laughs> you year. might see it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you got like, yeah, 11 months. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, 11 and a bit. Yeah. Surely, right? Yeah. You're not lazy, are you? No, no. Yeah. I'm sure you sure get it done. But yeah, um, you obviously, like, you're on, like, social media and stuff and. I guess if people kind of, you know, they're interested in your weaving and stuff like that, where can they find you, like, online? Uh, at Quarry... Uh, look. Th- yes, I'll, I'll look maybe a good idea. The power of technology. Quarry Wood, or underscore Wood. Oh, Ugh. yeah, it is, yep. Nailed it. Yeah. Quarry underscore Wood yeah, on, that's Instagram. on Instagram. Instagram, on your Facebook as well. I am, but okay. I don't really use it. Okay. I probably should. Yeah, and do you use Twitter? No, and I you... use it to retweet loads okay. of pro Scottish independence stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and my outrage at various 
Trump stuff, yeah. Don't follow me on Twitter, is what I'm trying to say. I was fun as well, like social media, me, I could never stick to one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Especially like the the crazy podcast Instagram, it was kind of about like social injustice and issues around racism and stuff. Yeah, because you're always posting James Baldwin stuff. Yeah, James Baldwin, man, he's like my personal hero. Yeah, he's my personal hero. Like, he's like, just, just, I like watching like old kind of video clips of the interviews because it seems like his thought process and where he was so it's, 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 it's so almost like he's talking thinking. to like people like from now this kind of like yeah. this generation and saying well look you know how are you going to challenge issues with race and inequality in America and stuff and mm-hmm. like shit this guy is like what, what he's speaking about is so relevant to even now you know and so articulate yeah. like you know exactly what yeah. he means oh yeah because yeah. everything he says he says with meaning yeah and intelligence yeah. and aware like so Oh, he's just he's, he is, he is. like yeah no I think like I just love I love his stuff and I will be keep on doing that <laughs> <laughs> sharing the stuff when, you know, we're at the beginning of 2019 and I'm sure there's going to be lots of things that are going to piss us off and shock us so I'm always going to get on my uh, what's that they say like just my soapbox and have a rant oh, about the odd I thing. love my high horse just <laughs> obsessed <laughs> so, so what else is like the kind of plans for you like you know you've got the zine and that's a working process what about create, creative wise have you got anything or you just kind of like take it as it comes take it as it comes mm-hmm. I mean when I first started weaving um, the kind of stuff I did was like triangles and all that sort of stuff yeah. just it's not really me mm-hmm. and being out in Collison with Doug uh, like all we do is naturey stuff yeah. <laughs> for want a better word mm-hmm. word that doesn't exist right. um, so everything is more really into like nice things I've seen yeah. or the world around me I think surely there will be some sort of shooting star inspired weaving cool. coming cool. soon nice <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's less like vibrant colours and more natural stuff. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Wool from Scotland. Yeah. I feel like everybody does that though, isn't it? Oh, I'm a Scottish artist, so that I use oh, no, Scottish. I think things. like you know that's like a thing like because I I say like I'm a London boy in a dean. Yeah. I, can't be, I can't be anything else <laughs> but a London boy in the day, you know, that's, that's where I'm from. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's kind of like, you know, embrace, embrace your, if you're pro SP and uh, pro independence, embrace your Scottishness and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Get on that. Yeah. Subject. Get on that. So <laughs> but no, Frida, man, thank you for coming on like, the first episode of 2019. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it's also really enjoyed catching up with you, um, episode 45 of the podcast um, at the Night Room Studio space. So yeah, I think, I hope everyone really enjoys our chat and, you know, we'll be back with more chats um, coming up. Um, so yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. And thanks so much. Thanks. All right, bye <laughs> for now, guys. So yeah, that was episode 45 um, with Frida Strachan. Hope you guys really enjoyed um, our chat. I think it's definitely kind of cool to touch on lots of different kind of themes and issues, um, very relevant, you know, and always will be. So thank you, thanks again, Frida, for coming on the podcast and, you know, sharing your story with us. Much appreciated. And yeah, I guess moving forward, you know, um, next week, I think it's going to be on the 20th or 21st, the Monday, 
um, of January will have Gemma um, Hare. Um, she is a fine artist um, based in Aberdeen. Um, that, that's going to be a really cool chat. Um, I hope you guys enjoy that episode when it comes out as well. And I think after that, we'll have um, Jay Christie as well. And he was on the Christmas and Anatomy Room special briefly. We had a chat with him then. And he's kind of like, I would say, probably a jack of all trades. You know, covers a lot of kind of different practices. But I think I'm really looking forward to having that chat and, you know, for you guys to listen to that when it comes out. So, yeah, um, you know, as I said before at the beginning, Happy New Year. I hope you guys got loads of interesting kind of things planned and organised for the start of the year. Um, I, I certainly do. Lots of kind of possible, you know, positive changes happening for myself. Obviously, you know, looking forward towards fatherhood um, coming um, in late March this year. And also with that, there'll be um, a few changes to the podcast routine and a few kind of guest hosts who I'll be announcing um, close to the time. So yeah, I hope you guys have a good week and I'll catch up with you soon. All right, bye for now.